Teen Scene. Hi, my name is Shira Polarski, and I'm a teen librarian at the Farmington Community Library. In 2019, the tech company Bosch donated money to the library for the purchase of podcasting equipment. Thanks to the generosity of Bosch, we were able to create the podcast you are about to hear. Our teen advisory board put in a lot of hard work to create a podcast series led by teens for teens. We hope you enjoy it, and we welcome questions and feedback. Reach out to us by social media direct message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Our account on all three is at FCLTeenScene. Also, head to our website, www.farmlib.org teen-scene to find out more about how to get involved. Hi, I'm Christina. And I'm Haley, and we'd like to tell you what's been going on with the Teen Advisory Board. But first, some quick housekeeping things. The library is now accepting returns and checking out items via curbside at both of our locations. So if you're like me and have had a book since March, it's safe to bring it back now. So if you're interested in picking up some items through our curbside service, make sure that you place a hold on those items in your account. To check out more information on these services, head to farmlib.org reopening. Now over to Christina to update us on the Teen Advisory Board. The Teen Advisory Board is a group of teens in grades 6 through 12. We work together to plan programs and make the Farmington Community Library's teen services the best they can be. In the last Teen Advisory Board meeting, we talked about teen readers' advisory services and the summer reading program. Now Haley will tell us a little more on the new adjustments made for the teen readers' advisory. Do you miss discovering new books with your favorite librarians? No need to worry, because as of July 14th, Teen Readers Advisory will be offering three new services to help you find some great reads. If you prefer to have verbal assistance, you can sign up for one-on-one Zoom sessions for Readers Advisory. Or if you're looking for a written list of great books, you can fill out a Google form and get those suggestions emailed to you. Lastly, we will be offering book bundles, meaning you pick your favorite genre or a read-alike, and we will create a bundle of books customized for your liking that will be available for curbside pickup. These are all great options if you're looking for books to read this summer. Christina, could you tell us a little more about summer reading? Summer reading is going great so far. If you haven't registered yet, go to farmlib.org summer reading to sign up. The first 2,000 people who sign up will receive a coupon for a free small soft serve cone at Silver Dairy. In summer reading, you read books and then track how many hours you spend reading on your log on the website. For every five hours you log, you get an entry into the weekly prize drawing, which are $10 virtual gift cards for different small businesses. If you complete at least 30 hours, you will get an entry to our finale party on Friday, August 7th, and a free book from our Scholastic Book Fair. For every 30 hours you get, you'll be entered into our grand prize drawing for $100 gift cards to Barnes & Noble. Completing a reading log is quite the task, but your hard work will pay off. Last but not least, we have some upcoming events that you should consider attending. On July 31st, we will be hosting a Harry Potter-themed birthday party on Zoom for people of all ages. This party will be super interactive and everyone will be attending Hogwarts for the day and get the full Harry Potter experience. 
To find out more info about this event and others, go to farmlib.org events. Hi guys, my name is Krithi and welcome to the review section. I have with me Mahakshina and we will both be reviewing um, some books and films for you guys. From the Teen Advisory Board meeting, they reviewed a few books. The first book is The White Bird by RJ Palacio. One of our members stated that this book touched me so much that it brought tears to my eyes. It's not a continuation of the book Wonder, but it's the story of Julian's grandmother, her story of her childhood. This graphic novel pulls you into a whole new life with a whole new meaning. The novel teaches how the world was once cruel and how we're so lucky to be living in a life that is much more peaceful. Spend your life wisely. Um, the next review we have is Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. When she was born, Ella received the gift of obedience from Lucinda the fairy. Ella finds that her gift is truly a curse, as anyone can make her do anything, even harmful things. Determined to be her own person, Ella sets out to rid herself of her forced subservience. The third review we have is Stolen Girl by Marsha Forchuk Skripich. Nadia is having flashbacks. She is getting flashes of her past in nightmares and memories, but they don't add up. Sometimes she is on the run, and sometimes she is in a fancy farmhouse with a family she does not remember. A really good book based in World War II. There are two other books by this author related to this one. Finally, the last film we are reviewing is A Secret World of Arietti. This film is an adaptation of the book The Borrowers. This movie explores the world of a tiny teenager named Arietti. I like this movie because it gives us a small but unique view on the road. Though the ending kind of... Oh no, I can't say that because you guys have spoilers. Never that concludes the Teen Advisory Board's reviews. Um, this will be some of our own reviews that we've written. The first book I'm going to be reviewing is Sick Kids in Love by Hannah Moskowitz. Hannah Moskowitz wrote her first story about a kitten named Lily on the run from cat hunters for a contest when she was seven years old. It was disqualified for violence. Her first book, Break, was, one of, was on the ALA's 2010 list of popular paperbacks for young adults, and in 2013, Gone, Gone, Gone received a Stonewall honor. She's also the co-author of Gina Slash Finn with Kat Helgeson and has contributed to several anthologies. She lives in Maryland with several cats, none of whom are violent. Her latest book, Sick Kids in Love, came out in 2020, and um, this is a little summary for you guys. Isabel has one rule, no dating. It's easier, it's safer, it's better for the other person. She's got issues, she's got secrets, she's got rheumatoid arthritis. But then she meets another sick kid. He's got a chronic illness Isabel's never heard of, something she can't even pronounce. He understands what it means to be sick. He understands her more than her healthy friends. He understands her more than her own father, who's a doctor. He's gorgeous, fun, and foul-mouthed, and he's totally into her. Isabel has one rule, no dating. It's complicated, it's dangerous, it's never felt better to consider breaking that rule for him. The tagline of Sick Kids in Love by Hannah Moskowitz is, and I quote, the sick kids don't die in this one. Hannah Moskowitz isn't bothering with stereotypes, and this newly released book might be one of my favorites by her so far. The book revolves around disabilities, and it's representative. Both main characters are Jewish, without losing Moskowitz's signature, very real teen voice. The main character, Isabel, has, as I mentioned earlier, rheumatoid arthritis, and Sasha has Goucher disease. Her illness is invisible, while his isn't. There is much nuance in the discussion of how it feels to be told you're perfectly healthy when your body is screaming in pain, how Isabel is gaslit by doctors and has moments where she's scared she made up her pain, 
how her friends encourage her to do things that will leave her in pain because they don't want to hold her back. How she is disabled, but can she be proud of it? Can she own it when people like Sasha are obviously worse? Sasha is constantly in the hospital. His bones break so easily. He goes on oxygen a lot. His body braves the scares of wounds and devastations and shutting down organs. The book stands out because it acknowledges the parts that suck about having disability, but it also serves as a reminder to be proud of who you are. I want to read books where they're disabled or sick and they don't die and they don't have to become someone else to find love. And none of this is a spoiler because it's literally in the tagline. Regarding the romance, I also love how the book features a growing relationship. I love hashtag meet cutes as much as anyone else. But I also want more books about learning to be in a relationship that isn't all we met and everything is so perfect feels. This, of course, doesn't mean that they aren't perfect by themselves. Isabel is in pain and struggling and she doesn't want to change for a boy. And Sasha, well, he's a total dork and he falls in love very, very fast. But sometimes he has a hard time understanding that his perspective isn't the only one that matters. Overall, this is a book that I'm going to be rereading for ages. It's one of those books that you want to reread the moment you put it down. If you want a sugary sweet romance with a hefty dollop of wit and a realistic view of how it feels to have a long-term chronic illness, then look no further than this brilliant book. Um, recently, I watched a murder mystery, and I have to say I'm extremely disappointed in the Rotten Tomatoes score. It's called Murder Mystery, and you can find it on Netflix. Here's a quick rundown. When an NYC cop, Adam Sandler, finally takes his wife, Jennifer Aniston, on a long-promised European trip, a chance meeting on a flight gets him invited to an intimate family gathering on the super yacht of an elderly billionaire, Malcolm Quince. When Quince is murdered, they become the prime suspects in a modern-day whodunit. The biggest criticism most people have with the movie is that it's predictable, but what people overlook is that the predictability is the charm. Instead of following the tropes, the characters themselves make fun of the tropes, almost breaking the fourth wall multiple times. It's clever, entertaining, and just enough to stimulate your mind, but not so much that you feel tense. It's not your typical murder mystery. It's not meant to be the next Sherlock Holmes. You're not supposed to sit around and rack your mind to solve the crime. You're supposed to enjoy Adam Sandler's immature sense of humor and Jennifer Aniston's hilarious sarcastic reactions. You're supposed to be in awe of the lavish lifestyles Jennifer Aniston's character tries so hard to be a part of. Personally, I think the critics are at the issue here, not the movie. Movies can be fun too, and murder mystery is sheer proof of it. I actually showed this movie for my 16th birthday party, and my friends who have varying interests all thoroughly enjoyed it. My friends with the faintest of hearts screamed only once, a feat that is not easy to accomplish, trust me, and the more thrill-happy and the more thrill-happy individuals, namely my best friend and myself, enjoyed both our friends' hilarious reactions and the movie's humor itself. Rated PG-13, this movie appeals to every type of person out there. I find the critics to be judgy and overly aggressive. With these critics, there's no allowance for isolating a strong performance or for recognizing a strong element within a flawed film. It reduces criticism to judgment and attitude without discernment. Murder Mystery was incredible, and if you're not opposed to trying a movie that might be poorly crafted in the eyes of film critics, you won't regret it, I promise. Stick around for our next section, an interview of the volunteer coordinator from CARES. Hey everyone, I am Eugenio. I am Gita. And today we're going to interview Miss Lori Sawyer. Hi, I'm Lori Sawyer. I'm the volunteer coordinator at CARES of Farmington Hills, and thanks for inviting me to your podcast. Thank you. So um, to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about CARES? 
CARES is an incredible place. It is a nonprofit that the community runs, and it is a free food and clothing pantry that we offer the services to nine communities, um, including Farmington, Farmington Hills, Livonia, Northville, West Bloomfield, Redford, Redford Township, Southfield, Livonia, and Novi. And we take care of over 700 families that are food and clothing insecure. And we're open five days a week, 9.30 to 2.30, Tuesday through Friday, Saturdays, 9.30 to 11.30, Thursday evenings, 5 to 6.30. And families come in and see us that are in need of food. We get them registered and they come in shop once a month. It's set up like a grocery store and a clothing store. And we solve problems and meet the needs of our families that are in crisis in the area. Wow, that's great. What is your position? I am the volunteer coordinator and this position was created um, last fall and we now have over 90 volunteers. Our um, pantry and clothing closet is run completely by volunteers and I staff between 25 and 30 people a day to keep things running. Uh, what are you most passionate about in your job? I love the fact that we problem solve all day long and help families that are in need and we do it with incredible respect and dignity. I love the fact that we have families come in and maybe one of their kids has a birthday coming up and they don't have the ability to provide a cake and candles. And they come in and they say, my son or daughter is having a birthday, can you help us? And we say, absolutely. And we have pre-done birthday bags that have cake and frosting and candles and plates and a gift and they have birthday in a bag and they can celebrate without having to worry about buying it. Wow, that's amazing. And can you tell us a little bit about how you got into CARES? Yes, um, first a little bit about CARES history. It used to be St. Al's um, and the church was no longer gonna be on the property and, um, but there were 200 families that they were taking care of as far as food and clothing. The community got worried about that service going away, so the community came together and actually bought the church property and continued the food pantry and grew it by 61% last year. So um, that's kind of the history behind CARES as a nonprofit. And just to give you an idea, that December alone we distributed 34,000 pounds of food to our yeah. families in need, and we are growing every single day. And we just provide a service that our families were missing and we are there for them. That is really nice. Um, what did you want to be when you were little? When I was little, actually, um, I wanted to be a teacher and I did go to the University of, Michi of Michigan and got my teaching degree, um, but I ended up at Microsoft and I stayed there for a really long time and I loved that. And um, after that opportunity, I was home with my kids and now I'm in the nonprofit um, community at CARES, and I'm there almost full time and love being there helping people. Wow, that's really great. So, um, what is the mission that CARES really wants to carry out? Um, we actually have a mission statement, and the biggest thing for us is to provide comprehensive support services to our families. So, and we wanted it all in one place. So on the campus of CARES, we have the food pantry, the clothing pantry, we have 
AA meetings, we have um, VA, we have Building Together, um, we serve lunch every day to about 50 people with volunteer chefs that come in and prepare all kinds of amazing lunches so our families can come in and get warm and get food. Um, so we wanted to really, our mission was with Dignity, provide social services all in one place. That's amazing. Um, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do with it? If I had a billion dollars, boy, I would, one, pay off CARES mortgage. That would be pretty great. I would, um, we do have some building challenges. Um, I would pay for all the necessary repairs. I would um, create um, a foundation for CARES so that they had financial income from that. Um, anything I could do to help the community in a bigger way than we already are, and I'm already so excited about the reach that we do every single day, um, I would definitely put it back into CARES because I truly believe in what we're doing every single day. Okay, that's amazing. So um, how can our audience support CARES? One of the biggest things, especially youth, um, we ask our youth to do a variety of things during the year. Around the winter time, we have a lot of school groups do um, coat and hat and glove drives, and they bring things for our um, families. And then all year round, a lot of times personal products are really hard to get for our families. So we ask that can our teens gather shampoo and conditioner and deodorant and laundry soap and cleaning supplies and so that we can give those to our families. Um, we also ask our youth, maybe you want to have a meal kit party and we give you directions on how to build meal kits and you bring them to CARES and put them on our shelves and that helps our families too. So there's a lot of opportunities. You can reach out to me and I can get any youth group or community group, I can give them directions on how to give to us to help our community. That's great. Um, if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Wow. If I had a superpower, I definitely think I could would like to fly um, because then I could see my kids more often because I could, they don't obviously don't live at home anymore, so I could go see them easier. What's your favorite book? Oh my goodness, my favorite book. And it is called Flash. Oh, that's nice. That's one of my favorite books. I read a lot. I belong to two book clubs. Um, but yeah, that's one of my favorites. Um, thank you so much for yeah. coming. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. And if anyone is interested in reaching out to CARES, we can be reached at 248 474 8231. We're on Shiawassee between Middlebelt and Inkster. And also follow us on Facebook. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for coming. And for our next section of the podcast, we're going to have the info dump. Hi, my name is Aria Karki, and welcome to today's Ray of Sunshine, the section of the podcast where we'll be sharing positive and inspiring news with you. We know that times can be difficult, but it's important to remember that there's still a whole lot of good in the world. So without further ado, here's a little story to brighten your day. In June, 15 giant Galapagos tortoises were returned to their home island of Española, the only place on earth where they're found. 
14 of those 15 tortoises were actually taken from the island in the 1960s as part of the Española Tortoise Program, a project started to save their species. That was back when they were the only ones left in the entire world. Overhunting and the introduction of invasive species had nearly driven the tortoises to extinction. Since then, their numbers have multiplied in what's said to have been one of the most successful captive breeding programs ever. Today, those original 14 tortoises have approximately 2,300 children and grandchildren, most of which have been released into the island of Española. And now, after 55 years, it's finally time for the original 14 to go back home. They were first taken to the island by boat, and then biologists carried the tortoises, which weighed anywhere from 77 to over 120 pounds, on their backs until they reached the spot where they would be released. Some of the animals were so heavy that they had to be carried in relay. The dedicated biologists then observed the tortoises for an additional four hours as they settled back into their natural habitat. Those tortoises, who were once the last on Earth, have since saved their entire species. Now, they're expected to live long, happy lives, spending their retirement back in their original home. This was just one short story, but if you want to learn more about incredible animals or the wonderful people who've dedicated their lives to helping them, the library is always a good place to go. We have an amazing selection of nonfiction books and resources, which are always available for you to check out. After all, that's what the library is here for. What interesting facts have you learned from library books? We'd love to hear. Email teen.scene at farmlib.org, that's F-A-R-M-L-I-B dot org, or DM us at FCL Teen Scene on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Be sure to include your name, the book title, and one cool fact for a chance to be highlighted in the next episode of our podcast. I'm Aria Karki, and this has been today's Ray of Sunshine. See you again next time. With all the current Black Lives Matter protesting happening across the globe, the Farmington Community Library, including the Teen Advisory Board, wants to establish its support for all members, regardless of race, color, religion, national origin or ancestry, orientation, gender, age, or disability. Imagine if you broke your leg and had to go to the doctor. You would want to tell the doctor that right now your leg was in pain. Whilst all bones matter, right now it's your leg that needs attention. This is part of the reason why the All Lives Matter agenda is relevant and damaging. Today we're going to be talking about Black Lives Matter, why it's important to you, and what you can do in your community to help support it. The Black Lives Matter movement ultimately comes down to fairness. If you did something wrong and your parents punished you by taking away your favorite toy, and then your sibling went and did the exact same thing, and your parents gave them a treat, do you think that's fair? Let me give you another example. How would you feel if you went to a party and your friend was given three sweets and you were only given one just because your eye color is different from theirs? Right now, the African American community has been protesting because, just like in these scenarios, they've been given the short end of the stick. One of the biggest examples of this is the death of George Floyd. George Floyd is only one of the many African American victims who have suffered from the abuse of authority, such as the police. To put things in perspective for listeners of all ages, how would you feel if your classmates or friends made fun of you or shoved you because of something you couldn't control, like your appearance? What if you asked them to stop, but they didn't listen? 
Eventually, you would feel angry and upset, and that is very similar to what is happening right now. While police should be fair and helpful, sometimes they aren't. That's why it's our job not to judge a book by its cover. People look all sorts of ways, have different eye colors, hair colors, skin colors, but none of these differences should be associated with negative or dangerous connotations. Protesting is an important part of the American Constitution. Protest perpetuates democracy. By protesting, we can start a conversation about things that we don't like about the way our society runs and things we want to change. Sometimes protest takes hundreds of years. Sometimes it takes a few days. Protest allows everyone in our country, as well as other countries, to voice their opinions. So how can you help Black Lives Matter in your own schools and friend groups? Stand up, even when you feel scared. If you have privilege, transfer the benefits of your privilege to those who lack it. If you have privilege, acknowledge that while you too feel pain, the conversation is not only about you. Be open to listening and learning. Be curious and ask lots of questions. Be brave and speak out on injustices you see around you from teachers, friends, parents, etc. And be prepared to alter your thinking. Remember that the hardest conversations are the ones with people who don't agree with you, but they're the ones that count the most. There are other ways to help besides just being an active upstander. Donations are key to helping end the racism in America. New York Magazine, which you can find at nymag.com, has a master list for where you can donate for Black Lives Matter. If you don't have the financial means to donate, there are YouTube live streams that are donating all their videos' profits to BLM. Be sure to stream all these videos, even if you're not watching. Another way you can help is by signing petitions. The best way to sign petitions is to scroll through the BLM threads on social media. Users are constantly updating the feed with the latest protests. Otherwise, visit the official Black Lives Matter website for suggested petitions. Anyone can sign, you, your friends, your family. For local resources, Detroit's BLM webpage has all sorts of information, which you can find at www.blmdetroit.com resources. A fourth way you can help the BLM protests is by supporting Black-owned businesses, both near where you live and online businesses as well. For location-based Black-owned businesses, you can visit www.supportblackowned.com slash states slash Michigan. Online bookstores are another great option to help you complete some of your hours for summer reading. You can visit www.msn.com for an article on 47 Black-owned bookstores that you can shop online. If you prefer to support local Black-owned bookstores in Michigan that you can also shop online for, there is the Source Booksellers in Detroit, there is Detroit Book City in Southfield, and there's also Blackstone Bookstore in Ypsilanti. If you decide to protest, here are some protesting tips to keep you and other protesters safe. Remember to protest in groups slash with another person. Make sure to write each other's phone numbers in Sharpie on your arms and make a plan. Know where to meet up and after how long and keep in contact so that no one is lost. If someone is arrested for protests, this way you'll know faster. And then you can coordinate legal help. Many attorneys are offering free services for those arrested in protest. 
Tip number two, wear the right clothes and gear. Shoes you can walk slash run in for long hours and a face mask for the pandemic, clothing that covers your skin as much as possible, and protective goggles or a change of clothes if you anticipate tear gas. Make sure to cover any distinguishable features. Bring an ID, emergency contact information, cash, snacks, and water. Ideally in a bottle with a squirt top that can aid in rinsing out eyes or face. If you have asthma, don't forget an inhaler. Leave your phone at home or at least turn off location for privacy reasons. Deactivate fingerprint and facial scanners on phones. You have the right to withhold passwords from the police. Although the protests with cars on fire and tear gas are getting the most media coverage, those aren't the only types of protests. Youth protests are a popular option if you're younger and they tend to be safer. Sometimes the organizer of the protest will have instructions, so make sure to listen and follow them to keep yourself and fellow protesters safe. Know that police violence and aggressiveness is a possibility. To protect yourself against rubber bullets, wear thick clothing like denim and cover all your skin. If you have contacts, opt for glasses. Tear gas can be trapped between the lens and your eye. The best option to wash out tear gas is plain water, not milk like you might have heard. Another tip that's important to remember is that you should know your rights as a protester. For more information on your rights, you can visit www.aclu.org. A few of the numbers in Sharpie on your arm should include pro bono lawyers. Police cannot listen to phone calls with lawyers. In the case of being arrested or detained, know you have the right to remain silent. Don't say anything and don't sign anything. Make it clear you will not speak until you are sitting across from your lawyer. Another website you can visit for more information is www.clickorlando.com. They have an article called, You Have the Right to Protest as an American, Here's What That Means. Another tip, if you're injured or there's an emergency, some protests, usually the larger ones, have street medics. Don't hesitate to flag them down. If possible, try to stay six feet away from people. This might be difficult, especially during bigger protests, but do your best to reduce exposure and transmission of the coronavirus. Lastly, take care of your physical and mental health. With the heat and humidity skyrocketing amidst the thick of summer, water and snacks are very important. The health effects of attending a protest where you may be injured don't end when you leave. For many, there will undoubtedly be lingering mental health effects related to witnessing police violence and injuries. Any intense emotional experience like this can trigger some feelings like anxiety, anger, guilt, and many other things. Therefore, it's crucial to remember that your need to take care of yourself will continue and will likely include caring for your mental health. How can you learn more? Educating yourself is the start of change. For nonfiction texts, the library recommends Stamped. Racism, Anti-Racism, and You by Ibram X. Kendi and Jason Reynolds. We have the print book plus ebook and e-audiobook. Another nonfiction suggestion is This Book is Anti-Racist by Tiffany Jewell. We have the print book and ebook. For fiction, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas is a particularly good read. We have the print book, audiobook, e-audiobook, and the ebook. Another fiction option is Dear Martin by Nick Stone. We have the print book, audiobook, and ebook. Reading isn't the only way to learn more information about Black Lives Matter. Other types of media include UP's A Parent's Guide to Black Lives Matter, which includes films, websites, and books for all ages with blurbs about the content of each and an age rating. You can download the free guide online 
at happyville.com slash free guide released to help parents talk to children about Black Lives Matter. Another form of media that is just as helpful is a video. There's an interview with the founders of Black Lives Matter by TED Talks, which you can find on YouTube. For a compiled list made for school children with books, videos, and podcasts, visit neaedjustice.org slash Black Lives Matter school resources. At the Farmington Community Library, we encourage members of all ages, including children and teens, to be the change they want to see in the world, educate themselves, and support and stand up for underrepresented groups who need it the most. Please consider supporting BLM however you can, and do your part to ensure diversity and inclusivity for years to come. Hi, my name is Gita, and I'd like to share a riddle with you. If you know the answer, reach out to us. Here is the riddle. I'm a five-letter word. I'm normally below you. If you remove my first letter, you'll find me above you. But if you remove my first and second letters, you can't see me. What am I? If you know the answer to this riddle, send us a direct message at FCL Teen Scene on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to get a shout-out on our next podcast. Thanks for listening to our first ever podcast, and we hope you'll join us for our next one, where we'll have more info, reviews, and fun times. Come on down to the library, enjoy a teen scene program. This is this podcast!